Welcome to the Head Project Podcast, helping assist veterans every day, where we bridge the gap between the veteran community and the community at large. Today's guest is Mr. Fran Luca, World War II Navy veteran, Western New York native. Mr. Luca is a retired print wire service and broadcast investigative reporter and 1999 inductee into the Buffalo Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Join us today as he shares with us about his life experiences in World War II and here in the Western New York community. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Sean McKinnon, with uh, The Have Project, helping assist veterans every day. And I'm here again at This Little Pig Restaurant at Main and Transit, and I have a special guest today. So Mr. Luca, would you please introduce yourself to the everybody out there? Well, this plain old Fran Luca, <laughs> a Buffalo born. Now, Mr. Luca, your friend, he uh, he was he's a World War II vet, and so as everybody knows that's been listening to my podcast, I've been inter- interviewing veterans and veteran organizations and so forth. So let's start off with your background, Fran. Um, tell everybody where you're from and uh, your enlistment process here in the Buffalo area. Well, I was born in Buffalo, New York, uh, 94 years ago. It's hard to think. <laughs> so, and I was educated on uh, Buffalo's west side at... Uh, Annunciation Church, uh, grammar school and high school. Okay. Uh, and that was probably the only school that was co-ed at the time. Wow. They never had a, a grammar school that was co-ed. Interesting. And then uh, in June of 1943, I graduated uh, from 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 Annunciation High School and uh, on stage. And in my pocket was my notice to. Joined the Navy All right. in one week. So I graduated on around the 24th of June and then didn't have much of a teenage life at home. And so uh, a week later, I was drafted into the Navy. And uh, we went down to the old post office, which is now Erie Community College. And uh, we were standing in line and all of a sudden, uh, the sergeant comes along and he says, okay, I take over now. <laughs> and the last Navy man walked off. I said, hey, Sarge, uh, I had my heart set on the Navy. He said, sorry there, young man, you are now a soldier. I said, well, you know, I was 18 years old on May 10th. I went down to the, and tried to enlist and they would accept me, but I was to leave that very next week. And I said, I only have a, a month to go to graduate. So he said, well, take your chances with the draft. He said, that's what I'm doing. So then the, uh, 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 the, the sergeant looked over and he saw one of the petty officers and he said, well, okay, all right, you could have this guy, take him. He said, so I was very fortunate. Upon you off. So I stepped, stepped over the line and became a sailor. Uh-huh. And then the guy behind me says, I have the same, uh, same problem. I wanted the Navy. So the sergeant and the, and the, and the Navy man got together and so, said, okay, you can take him too. <laughs> what? 30 years later, I get a telephone call from the guy behind me. Oh, really? It to be from North Tonawanda. Wow. And he said, you remember me? I said, yeah, you were in boot camp. He said, I forget my number. What was my number? I said, oh. I said you could give me your, your number. And then I was right yeah. behind you. So I, I weighed three, whatever there was, and I gave yeah. it. And that was it. Wow. So I was <laughs> I was Navy bound at 18 years old uh, to uh, Samson, Samson, New York, Okay. Uh, for, our, for our boot training. Wow. 
And now, how long was the training then? Well, I had about three months of uh, boot training, mm-hmm. and then we went in the OGU, which is outgoing unit. Okay. And then I uh, went into, got into radio school. I was very fortunate to wow. be able to make radio school. Neat. And then uh, following that, uh, 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 they assigned us a ship. I went to uh, uh, Philadelphia Navy Yard and waited. And in March, uh, let's see, March 44, I went aboard a ship called the USS Burroughs, destroyer escort. 105. All right. And uh, at one of the piers, I went aboard the Burroughs, and that was my home for two years. Wow. Yeah. And, and what area of operations did you go through well, with, on we, that ship? Well, the, the destroyer escort was a rugged little ship. Uh, okay. It was uh, trim and deadly, and it, uh, it was very maneuverable, and they used it to convoy the ver- vast convoys to Europe. And wow. Africa uh, for bringing supplies, ammunition, fuel, troops uh, through the Atlantic waters uh, to uh, England and uh, Great Britain and, and North Africa, uh, preparing for the uh, upcoming invasions of Normandy and southern France. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the ship made 16 crossings. I made 14. Wow. I, I, was, I, I missed the first mm-hmm. voyage. Uh, I came down with scarlet fever, so I missed wow. that voyage. But uh, the, uh, the the 14 voyages that I made, or eight round trips, uh, were to, uh, uh, to different ports in uh, England, uh, Swansea, Wales, Liverpool a few times, uh, uh, Southampton. Uh, nice. Did you get to get off the ship at all? At yeah. Those well, points? we had liberty at these various nice. uh, various uh, ports, mm-hmm. and uh, well, one very the first one we landed at Swansea, Wales, mm-hmm. and so that was a beautiful little town, and uh, there's a human interest story there. Mm-hmm. We docked alongside of a, of a railing a rail uh, a railroad uh, outfit. And I, I could see this young man loading flatbeds with square pieces of coal. He did that yeah. all day long. Oh my gosh. I'm standing up there eating an orange, and he looks up and I said, hey, I have an orange, would you like one? He said, oh, thank you, thank you. Huh? I said, my children never saw an orange in, in Wales. They really? never saw an orange. That's interesting. Said, You're kidding. He said, I'm going to take this on to him. I went down to my sack, wow. got a pillowcase, yeah. filled it with oranges, and brought it to him. <laughs> and brought so, it up to him. So maybe one of his kids today said, "Well, you know, my dad had the first." <laughs> the but we had a lot of wonderful human Maybe they became stores. orange farmers in yeah. Wales. <laughs> but uh, it, the, it's, the towns, many of the towns were devastated. Right. They took a horrible pounding in England, and then our, I think our second trip out, uh, we we had a little problem. Uh, I, my first assignment was mm-hmm. in a three-inch ammunition hole, handing up uh, 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 the regular the shells. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the, over the PA system, the captain uh, ordering us to stand stand off. He said, "There's a torpedo on the starboard bow. Oh. Here I am holding a shell, <laughs> an ammunition <laughs> shell." <laughs> And wondering what is what? happening. This is my first trip out. Oh no! And I could hear that torpedo swishing by the oh. 
Oh my goodness. The outer shell. Holding the big rounds. But we were very fortunate. Then my battle station from then on was on a, uh, a, a 40 millimeter as a loader, and my regular operation mm. was as a radio operator aboard ship. Interesting. Yeah. So that was the radio operations between the ships then, or was well, it, to it land was, and we would uh, we would get incoming uh-huh. messages from NSS Washington. Okay. Uh, we were not allowed to break silence because the Germans right. would pick up our our signal. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, we were on four hours on and four hours off. It was sometimes. It's, we were fortunate it would be eight hours off. Right. But the convoy would take maybe a, a week or eight, maybe 10 days to get to Europe. Wow. Uh, the trip to Africa, mm-hmm. to Brazeria and Tunis, where we brought all of our supplies and troops and munitions and so forth for the uh, invasion of southern France. That took about uh, almost two weeks. That wow. was a long trip. That's a very long trip. Um, I've been at the ship down in the Naval Park in Buffalo. I'm sure you've been a, maybe a part of that or something. Uh, well, I actually, upon my discharge, uh-huh. I, I joined the Destroyer Escort Sailors Association. Okay. And we started a, uh, a, a group here in Buffalo and uh, we were about 180 members for 40 years. We were going down to those ships and having our, having our meetings. Yeah. And uh, well, unfortunately, there are only a couple of us today still walking, so we're not too active there anymore. But we did spend a lot of time. A lot of time now. This is, my children actually love it. And my 22-year-old was just in town from it's, Oklahoma. It's, and, it's a great and visit. And all the pictures, it's and it's, it's really neat, isn't it? And they the, have that here in Buffalo. And the destroyer is... is uh-huh. This reminds me of my destroyer escort, which is okay. 300 foot long, and this destroyer is 400. But right. it's the old tin can navy, and the the feeling is the same. The doorways, the you know, I was airborne infantry, so I was jumping out of planes and stuff. Whereas the doorways um, in the hallways to the naval ship is like tight and it's more compressive, and they're trying to minimize uh, all the space. And and so as you walk through, my kids are always. I was trying to tell them like, okay, we're walking through to you know to visit this but imagine living on it right that's and, and, right and the oval portals <laughs> and hitting your head maybe <laughs> the sack the sacks were never were, were never cooled off oh i understand goodness. that you did once one yeah. guy got up another one oh, took geez. over and actually we used to say we should get uh, a flight pay as well as submarine <laughs> pay because that de bounced bounced wow. around something horrible wow and i think the most horrible mm-hmm. experience i ever had mm-hmm was from Mother Nature. Oh boy. It was, um, a, it out, was out a, there out in the sea, a, the ocean. A, a hurricane wow. in the North Atlantic. Yeah. And in the, or the Atlantic in 1944, September. Right. It would probably be a category four today. Wow. That's... We were strapped in our bunks below deck. Right. The only people up topside were the people, you know, just navigating the ship. The ship would roll, our ship rolled 63 degrees. Wow. It stood up on its fan tail wow. and come slamming down. Oh my goodness. We were off of New London, Connecticut, and our captain huh? insisted that we take our ship out to sea because if we had stayed as the uh, commandant wanted us to stay, huh? 
it would have been impossible because of all the ammunition. We'd have blown New London off the map. Wow, really? So he got his way, and he, and an old-time Buffalo, uh, uh-huh. excuse me, a Boston sailor, yeah. a fisherman, and he was our skipper, and he took that, that little craft into the eye of the hurricane, wow. and it was probably the most exciting experience I ever had in right. three years. I believe it. That's something to be in there, those ships and then having to deal with storms and and all that. You know, not only when you get to a certain area and there's enemy territory and Mm -hmm. that, but, you know, nature itself with the aircraft. It was was quite, quite frightening. It was terrorizing. Now, um, how long did you spend overall, you said? Well, I was, uh, we had 18 months in the Atlantic. Okay. uh, And then, well, we... One of our last convoys was to North Africa, uh, and, and that was quite an experience. We, we were landed in Brazerti, okay, and uh, we had wonderful liberty there. Uh, and what we would do, we'd go ashore and we'd, we'd wear about four or five t- under T-shirts, and okay. we would sell them for francs. <laughs> then we'd be able to buy a little cognac when we got ashore. That's we funny. weren't we weren't going to drink anything else because we didn't know how bad. Right. <laughs> and one of the first times out, I'm walking in Brazil, and I see this huge Arab ahead of me, huh? and he has on this white tunic. And so help me God, huh? on the back of it it said. F.S. Luca. Some one of my buddies what? took one of my sheets from the from my bunk. From your bunk. And he sold it to him and like so, we were selling our scubbies. But so was, he's but, walking around wearing your your. But that bizarre there uh, we had a we had about a, three or four weeks there. So uh, I, I pulled shore patrol and uh, had a, quite a time in in, in Bizzardi. Uh, and then when, then we hitchhiked to Tunis and uh, on our own. Wow. And that's where I had the most delicious meal uh-huh. that turned sour. Really? Uh, it was off off limits in the Casbah. Okay. I had heard that they had great steak there. <laughs> and so I sneaked in there and I had the most delicious steak dinner and potatoes. Yeah. And coming back out, I was grabbed by an, a shore patrol. And I oh, said, no. I said, hey, mate. He said, oh, I just no. needed a dinner. He <laughs> says, how long you been in this? How oh, long geez. you been a shore sailor? I said, we've only been here a couple of weeks. I said, said, you had a good dinner? I said, yeah. I said, <laughs> have you seen any dogs lately? I said, oh, no. no, and that was it. I that was it. You yeah, I don't know whether I ate a, a German Shepherd or a Pekingese, but it was delicious. As long as it was Those were my well. days in Africa, and then we shipped out, and the war was over, and then we headed over when to When I was in Central America, I was stationed in Panama, and uh, we'd go out in the jungles and work and stuff and guard the canal as uh-huh. the infantry and that, and then we'd come back and have a few days off, and we'd be out downtown Panama City at night, and there'd be just people, vendors, selling meat. And uh-huh. We used to call it mystery meat. We had no yeah, idea what it was. It was like, and they were cooking it, and some of the soldiers were like, we're, we're not eating it, we're not touching it. And then, uh, I can't say I didn't, because, you know, as long as it was cooked well, I was like, it, you know, I wasn't too bad with me, it. it. It was delicious. <laughs> yeah, so delicious. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. The HAVE Project, helping assist veterans every day, was founded with the intentions of helping local veterans through donations. Accepting donations of used assistive and mobility devices and distributing them to local veterans and their families for free here in the Western New York area. Find us on Facebook. This Little Pig 
is the dream of Jeff and Mandy Cook, an upscale restaurant and bar featuring American cuisine made from scratch and served in a warm, friendly, casual, and unique environment. Find them online at www.thislittlepigeats.com. Their location is at 4401 Transit Road, Williamsville, New York, 14221, at the corner of Main Street and Transit. If you're enjoying this episode of the podcast or past episodes, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Podbean.com. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoy the rest of the program today. We did have some interesting moments in the Pacific. What happened over there? Well, uh, we we did our usual uh, escorting of the okay. Marines to the various islands, and most of the battling. The last battle was at Okinawa, oh. uh, which was horrible. But we right. we missed out on on, on the heavy action. Okay. But our main job, that probably the the greatest job we had, was mm-hmm. the occupation of Japan. We were in the second okay. wave, our destroyer escort escorting miles and miles of troops and wow. uh, uh, into Tokyo Bay. Mm-hmm. But the thing I'd like to stress is that, thank God, it was an occupation mm-hmm. of Japan rather than an invasion of Japan. They very, would never have point. given up. Right. When we when we sailed into Tokyo Bay, right. our skipper called us all topside. He said, gentlemen, he said, our job, if this were an invasion, were to get into Tokyo Bay, ground ourselves, right. and then be a communication ship for the invading Marines and, and soldiers. He said, take a look around. Just imagine if our ship was grounded, and we looked up, and as far as we could see mm-hmm. were cannon coming out Whoa. both sides right. of, of, the, of the bay. Mm-hmm. And he said we would have lasted five minutes. Wow. So thank God for yeah. Harry Truman. Right. And dropping those two big ones, uh, you know, uh, the two atomic bombs, Hiroshima right. and Nagasaki. Wow. That's interesting. So as, and then on the way home, uh, we, we met up with our other destroyer escorts for the trip back. Mm-hmm. And of course, in the Atlantic was always a great sight to see the Statue of Liberty. All right. We made it and we come, we come home. We did that eight different times and it was great. In the Pacific, was, I think it was a, one of the bridges, the San Francisco Bridge. That was also a beautiful I've sight. I've never seen that in real but life. But not yet. as great as the Statue, the Statue of Liberty. Liberty. It is interesting to see that. But, uh, I love so it. So we were, we were anchored at St. Pedro mm-hmm. in California, and uh, we were all being discharged according to points. And, okay. And I could see all my buddies going, and I got to thinking, you know, they were the greatest bunch. That was our family for two right. years, and it was very sad right. to, to see them to leave. And then finally, when it was my time to leave, mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't want to leave during the daylight hours. It was right. So I got permission to go ashore in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. and the little whaleboat circled our DE a couple of times. I waved goodbye, and then right. came ashore, and then that was in 1946. Okay. And after three years, we're finally coming home, and it was a great. And we took a train home, all the way from California. Yeah, yeah. Was there anybody else that? Uh, oh, you that was just loaded. Buffalo? It was a troop train. Was it coming to Buffalo? And they were crowded like sardines. Wow! And yeah. I was fortunate, <laughs> and I was in yeah. a hospital ship, 
but there was nothing wrong with me, but I just had wow. a good sack and a, right. had a window watching the, the country go by as we got to Buffalo. And the old, uh, got to the old uh, terminal. Right. The terminal from which we left. Mm-hmm. And uh, Back where it all begins. Get a streetcar <laughs> back home. Yeah. To the old west side of Buffalo, Lafayette right. Avenue. And the first thing I saw was this great big sign, Welcome Home, Francis. Nice. Really? And oh, wow. It was in March of 1946. Cool. With your parents, family, yeah. all yeah. that. Wow, yeah. that's really cool. And, uh, you know, you know the, um, the, the suffering that you go through as soldiers, uh, the brotherhood, sisterhood, all that, that bo- the bonding that happens, I always find is, is such an interesting thing because it's hard to explain sometimes to, like, that's civilians... No, they were family. It is. They were and family. Even if you want to punch someone, uh, no, some of us, we did. You know, uh, we no, got into it. And, no, no. And, and well, sure, we did. We yeah. had a few boxy matches sure. on the boat deck. But that was all That was all in fun. And then, you know, but you know what? If somebody was to come near any one of those guys, like, they'd all jump together and, you know, help each other. So that's well, interesting, you know. Well, unfortunately, yeah. we, you know, when we went ashore, right. uh, we used to get... And a few brawls. Sure. But you know how we stopped that? (laughs) We had a singing group, or we started a quartet aboard ship. And maybe that's how I got into the broadcasting business, not knowing. But aboard ship every night (laughs) uh, in the the Atlantic, we had a, 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 a... a program called Twilight Time. Okay. And we would sing the quartet, the, tw- the, tw- the tw- Twilight yeah. Time, Twilight. And we'd have the Hillbillies with their ban- their banjos and guitars, right. our quartet. I would read the news that we would take off of our, our awesome. radio. Uh, That's pretty cool. Uh, the news of the states. Yeah. And I guess I was a disc jockey without even knowing the <laughs> term at the time. <laughs> but in, working it. But in civilian life, I never became a disc jockey. I right. just wrote the news <laughs> that's funny and uh, you know so it's interesting that how what um, the the military does to a person you know they break you down build you up and yep. then you form all these relationships and nowadays and then you go on with your life and it's cool to reconnect like you had shared earlier a little bit with me like reconnecting with somebody that maybe was in line with you or was overseas with you and it's uh, it's a fascinating journey I believe as as a soldier and then as a veteran back in America now and I just reconnected with my company online with some guys I was in the service with back in uh, back That's in great. Panama. It was, it is, so now they're listening to the podcast and some of them are laughing and stuff, you know, hear me. But um, God so, bless our veterans of yes, all wars. And, and it is, and that's something it's a like, special group. It is, and that's why I love the veteran community. It's a, I, um, I've said it on other shows that veterans help veterans better than anybody else, I think. Uh, we have that empathy for each other sure. and uh, that camaraderie that happens. So starting my company and helping people with medical equipment and, and all that type of stuff and the veteran families is um, just comes from that basis, that foundation of you know sticking together as soldiers and now as veterans sticking together um, and I wanted to ask you too like you said you got into Canisius then eventually right well so uh, what I was you fortunate how did that happen the, the Bill of Rights GI uh-huh. Bill I was able to go to Canisius College Fantastic. for four years yeah uh, I married in my sophomore year okay uh, I had uh, uh, 
uh, let's see, a daughter in my junior year. Wow. And in my senior year, I had <laughs> twins. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then another one born right after. So I, I had a young family. Right. You know, and I was in the res- Naval Air Reserve at Niagara Falls oh, yeah. for four years. Okay, yeah. And our, our, I was on a PBY and, uh, as a radio operator training for four years and a TBM torpedo bomber. And uh, we got activated for wow. for Korea. Yeah. And the, the skipper said, "Well, we're we're on our we're going to be going." He said, "Luke, he said, we can't take you because you you have three children unless you sign this waiver." Wow. I said, "I'm sorry, but I'm I'm pretty much needed at home with right. with you know, three, you. three yeah. little ones and diapers." So <laughs> right. I uh, we I, I didn't. Good for I you. That's true. you've done your time yeah, and you're yeah. still helping. Yeah. And so, what was your um, education in? What was your? I did. English major was uh, journalism, and uh, and I got a job. Uh, I helped my dad with a weekly newspaper, and uh, and I started looking for a job and writing news uh, for radio. And the first job I had was at WXRA in Kenmore. Okay, I know Kenmore real well. Yeah, well, that was the first radio station. Uh Okay, and that was back around oh fifty fifty three or fifty four nineteen fifty four. And uh, I was I was supposed to be selling ads, but all I did was watch this guy on radio, uh-huh. reading the news. And uh, his name was Jack McLean. And okay. He was my idol, and I said, wow. "That's what I want to do. I no want to be a news person." And uh, I bounced around. Okay. I had a job at uh, uh, WBNY, which was a great uh, radio station for a lot of young. Uh, uh, news people that uh, graduated into newspapers and so forth. And finally, I landed at WBEN, AM, FM, and TV back in 1955. That's and great. I, I wrote the news for uh, Clint Buman, the old, wow. uh, he didn't call himself a disc jockey, he was right. the AMMC at that time. Wow, interesting. Okay. And uh, I spent about 26 years there for radio and television. And then uh, I was out of a job all of a sudden after 26 years, and uh, nobody wanted me then. I was in my 40s, you know, my hair was graying, and I got a call from Channel 17 from some young lady who was heading up an investigative uh, uh, unit called Channel 17 Reports. And uh, she talked to me, and I was interviewed and got hired, and... Nice. And I, he, uh, and, I, and I finally, I said, well, why me? I said, right. you know, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I got yeah. a little pouchy and gray hair. That's <laughs> right, she said, and you've got the experience. Uh. <laughs> so I, I was there for about, uh, oh, 17 years and did about 300 documentaries, many documentaries. Uh, and some of these, I was just talking to Fran, the listeners out there, that they're available on YouTube. And if you check out my Facebook page, I'll link in some of those if you don't mind. Yeah, there's some and pretty I'll put interesting some on there. It's pretty there. cool. Oh, yeah, there's some neat good. documentaries. So you say a couple hundred of them you did? Total? I did about 300 wow. many, uh, many docs. That's amazing. And, uh, some of them were a half hour. A lot of them were sure. seven, eight minute ones. But all very interesting things about Buffalo and, uh, and then uh, as a freelancer I did what they call things that aren't there anymore the old Crystal Beach boat and oh, the yeah. downtown uh, department stores the breweries and so forth right. and that's still floating around also on, on YouTube okay. and people the old timers are out. interested in that 
but now I, uh, I've been retired uh, all these years, and uh, uh, my oh, I just had a book published last week really? for the first. It was gathering okay. dust for fifty years. <laughs> What's the name of the book? It's called Escape to Nowhere. It's about okay. a young teenage lad by the name of Ron Reynolds who. Huh? traveled the world as a teen and finally got to Paris and he wanted the, the excitement he couldn't get it finally he joined the French Foreign Legion and after after about three months he realized how horrible it was and tried to escape and, and got caught a couple of times horrible torture wow. and he finally made good his escape uh, after 18 months and as I said it was gathering dust after been sent to several publishers. Fantastic. And last December, I yeah. just sent it out as a lark, and sure <laughs> enough, they accepted it. And now, where is this available right now? Well, it's 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 available on uh -huh. Amazon and oh, uh, uh, Barnes and Noble. All right. But uh, I'm not going to be doing any <laughs> book tours. My book main tours. job now is <laughs> taking care of my lovely lady, who's in a nursing home, and, uh, and you get to visit her. And, and, and I get to visit her. And to get her out. Has she read the book? <laughs> She's the first one to read. The She's book. the first one to read. The Actually, book. the manuscript's been laying in my den wow. for for fifty years practically. And that's she, great. But uh, it, well, it's got a happy ending. You know what? It's like I'm at forty-seven. I'm changing some careers. <laughs> I started the business. You know, I've been doing all this stuff, and it's like I'm still cooking. You know, people ask me if I'm gonna retire at fifty, yep. and I'm like, Are you kidding me? Yep. I'm just starting. Like, let me get going, right? So you keep going. Why not? Right? Who says I have to stop? You know. <laughs> I, I I go to the Tonawanda Aquatic Center about oh, five yeah. times a week. I've been doing that. My wife is used to do it. We've been doing this for 40 years. Wow. And, uh, that's why we're still here, I think. That's great. My wife's, very a, my wife's a long-distance runner. She's yeah. St. Jude-sponsored. We try to stay fit. And um, I met Fran through, well, a friend of mine has connected us, the Buffalo Rehab Group. Um, <laughs> right. And uh, uh, Dr. Ray Hamill is a very good friend of mine, and they support um, the HAB Project a lot. So um, I do like to give a shout-out to them on the podcast. And um, they're they're a great rehab group. And how long have you known Dr. Hamill? Uh, well, it's Several years. I okay. mean, I, there's obviously there's a fall or an accident, and uh -huh. and I'm disabled for a while. But they put me back together back every together. time. And at 94, I'm blessed. Humpty Dumpty. That's right. <laughs> back together. Uh, with a lot a lot of help from that guy upstairs. Believe Amen me. Amen to that. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's and uh, that's something I always want to encourage any local people in town to check out is uh, the Buffalo Rehab Group for physical therapy, their PTAs, and some of their owners like Steve Gosner them they do uh, they have a running programs and different companies kind of like the have project that I have on the side and so they're they're business people people minded people oriented and, and so it's good to hear good stories uh, for you know coming from the Buffalo Rehab Group so they're they're, they're great guys aren't they they're great they're, they put me back together every time I fall apart and <laughs> I'm thankful to them <laughs> that's funny now um, I do have an event coming up too now by the time the podcast gets re uh, released It'll probably be past that, and uh, we'll be on Grand Island. I'll see if I can get it out. Um, but we do events that help the uh, homeless veteran organizations Wonderful. and so forth. And um, we do a concert, and um, we're sitting in this little pig restaurant right now. And the owner, Jeff Cook, is the bass player in the band that I always have out to these events. So I have a few bands that come out, but the core band uh, that comes out is the Cradle Band. 
And episode number two was the guitarist, cancer survivor, Mike Casanelli. But the owner here, this little pig, Jeff Cook, um, he, he'll be out at this event too playing bass guitar in the band. So the event will be for toiletries for the um, the homeless veteran organizations in Buffalo because they need, literally they need toilet paper, they need uh, paper towels, body wash, all that kind of stuff in order to help all the homeless and the homeless families that they deal with too. So. Um, I'm going to try and get Fran to come out. Maybe you can come out to one of these events for a little bit and say hi, you know, or I'd something. Be glad to. Yeah, that'd be great. And we'll see if we can work them in. Maybe you can bring your book or a few of them, and <laughs> I can give you a volunteer to work a table. You know, seriously. Oh, I don't know Why about not? that. But, Sean, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I thank you for, yeah. for your work with, with, with veterans. And, you're uh, You're one, one in a million, and, uh, and, and you're really appreciated. And I hope the people out there re- realize all the good you're doing and, and back you up in all of your movements and thank you for what you do appreciate it well thank you too sir as being a veteran yourself and world war ii you know world war ii vet is amazing to have you on the show and and to be able to get you in for a little bit and and you know what do they always say right now the greatest generation right <laughs> well so it's a it's a pretty hefty genera- title i'm proud to be it's, part of exactly. it and uh, <laughs> i i hope that my grandkids <laughs> could say the same one day right exactly so um, for those of you out there that are listening i do want to encourage you to check out the apple podcast uh, platform so i've been on podbean but i'm also been picked up by apple Podcasts. and all you have to do is uh, plug on or touch the app and plug in the like the definite article the have projects it's with the apostrophe s the have projects podcast and it'll come up it's free of charge and for those of you that have enjoyed the show please um i would ask that you leave like some type of rating hopefully a five-star rating or some type of review because that's how the um app, that's how the programs um get sorted out on the apple platform so by the reviews and, and that and it allows more people to find me with more uh like five star four star three star reviews and so forth so please check it out and uh we look forward to um the next podcast and we look forward to uh, the next guest and Fran thank you so much for coming out today we appreciate it thank you it was a pleasure thank you for tuning in to today's episode thank you to this little pig restaurant for hosting find us on Facebook please check out our new website at www.thehabproject.com any questions concerns or comments can be emailed to haveveteranproject at gmail.com Thank you.